Welcome back in our series about God's revelation. And we stopped last time after the fourth church in uh, the last church in chapter two. Uh, we'll continue with the fifth church in uh, starting chapter three, the church of Sardis or the dead church. Why was it called the dead church and what's in it for us? <laughs> God actually told them, you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. So. In, in, in the front of God, uh, they are dead. And he told them, you, you have very little remaining among, among you. So most of the church actually separated from God, just lived a very, very superficial life. That's why the description here about God himself, he said these things, says he who has the seven spirits of God, and the seven stars. The seven spirit is about the Holy Spirit. Mm. So here the Holy Spirit can revive the church, mm. can put the church back to life. If they allowed the Holy Spirit to work on them. And also he has the seven stars, again, God, God in control. Um, I can't deceive anybody, but I cannot deceive God. So God knows even if I have a name that I'm alive, I'm very active, but God knows the truth, whether I am alive in his eyes or, yeah, God forbid, dead in his eyes. That's why the Lord gives them advice, gives them the solution. He did not leave them, also they are dead in his eyes, but he did not leave them without a solution. He told them, be watchful strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. So they have even very, very few, and these very few are about to die, ready to die. But no, just strengthen these things, and by my Holy Spirit, and through me, who holding the seven stars, in this way you, you can live again. Because your works are not perfect before God. Your works are not perfect before God. And another advice he gives them, remember therefore how you received and heard. As we said before, when we hear and when we receive, it's not, we, just not, we should not allow what we hear to enter and then to come out without understanding and keeping and applying in our life. That's why I remember. Remember what you heard and what you received. Hold fast to these things and repent. Then actually with repentance, as the father said about the prodigal son, my son was dead and now he is alive. So this church can go back to life if they, if they repent. And the warning here, if he doesn't, then God will come to them as a thief to judge them and to condemn them. What's beautiful actually, among this very dark picture, but there are some people, as he said, I, you have few names, even in Sardis, have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Many times we complain, world around us is full of evil, we are tempted everywhere we go. So how, how can we live and conduct godly life in ungodly world. 
You are the temple of God, the Holy Spirit abides in you. If I am filled with the Spirit, and if I allow the Spirit to sanctify me, the, the Holy Spirit actually will protect me during my journey in this ungodly world. We saw how Noah, only him and his family, a total of eight persons, lived in among very, very ungodly and, and wicked generation. And then the promise, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garment, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. So they are dead, but if they repent and they overcome, they will be written in the book of life, which means they will live eternally with God in the kingdom of heaven. They denied God by their deeds. Their works was not perfect in him. But God gave them a promise that he will confess his name before my father and before his angels. I am surprised and I am amazed about the love of God. He doesn't repay evil with evil. He doesn't repay, doesn't deal with us according to the multitude of our sins. And his promises to us are above and beyond our imagination and comprehension. How a person in his eyes is dead, in the eyes of God is dead, but God is giving him all these promises. If he repents, and then actually the repentance will be done through the work of the Holy Spirit in us, not through our even human effort. This is a big message of hope, of course, in the Church of Sardis, and that means that I shouldn't give up on myself because God never gives up on me. Yes, I shouldn't give up. So, uh, church number six, uh, Church of Philadelphia, and this one also has something special about it. <laughs> yes, Church of Philadelphia and Church of Smyrna are the only two churches that God has nothing against them. Definitely there are some uh, weaknesses, but as I said, God in his love cover our weakness and our sins. Philadelphia means brotherly love. And the message that we get from these two churches, Smyrna and uh, Philadelphia, if we keep love between us, as the Lord said, thus the world will know you are my children if you have loved one toward one another. And if we carry our cross, which actually is our love to God, th that is the whole law and prophets. Love the Lord your God, carry your cross, Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the brotherly love. So if we keep these two commandments, God will have nothing, not will have nothing against us, definitely, we are short, but in his love he will cover uh, everything else. The way God described himself, uh, that he has the key of David. He opens and no one shuts, he shuts and no one opens. Why this description? This church also carried a cross and carried many challenges. The, the brotherly love was one of the support system that helped. But in spite of this, as the Lord told them, you have a little strength. Mm. You have a little strength. Sometimes, in, like in service, we feel that we are burned out, overwhelmed. I have no strength. Yes, my heart is full of love toward everybody, but I am weak. And I, I can see in front of me 
many doors of service, many things that I can do for the glory of God, but I have no power. You know? That's why he told him, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. Now there is open door to go serve, preach, bear testimony for me. And no one can shut it because he has the keys of David. He opens and no one shuts and he shuts and no one opens. Then he is encouraging him. I know you have a little strength, but because you kept my word, you did not deny my name, I will empower you. I have the key of David. Don't worry. Go. I will open in front of you all the closed doors. Then he actually praised him. You have kept my commandment to persevere. Persevere is a very important thing, especially when we have a little strength. And sometimes we give up easily when we have little strength. But this church persevered, although they have little strength. And the promise here is to keep him from the trial. When we are honest with God, even with the little that we have, God will be honest with us. Like the woman that paid two mites. So maybe my strength is like these two mites. I cannot offer to God my strength like these two mites. But God will accept this as paid more than the rest of, of the people. And he will encourage me. That's why he told him, he who overcome, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from heaven and from my God. So, you know, the pillars of the church to support or any building is to support the building itself, you know. So can you imagine this person has little strength? Mm. If, if you have a weak beam, you cannot use it to support like a ceiling of the church. But here God will empower this person to make him a pillar, mm. a pillar to support, you know. And on this pillar, he will write the name of, of the Father. And, and the, so he will be one of the pillars in the heavenly city, the city of, of Jerusalem. And again, why this? Because of the brotherly love. Because they fulfilled the commandment of God, love your neighbor as yourself. So I feel there's a very nice message here, like uh, going back to basics. Yes. Yeah, it's not about me. It's not about my strength or what will I will do, but it's about what's inside. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The last church, which uh, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the last church because there's a lot of talking about it uh, in the sermons, the church of Laodicea. Why is it very popular? <laughs> you know, Laos means people. people. So Laodicea means the church that is ruled by the people. The rule in the church is theocracy. Theo means God, so theocracy, it's the rule of God. So these people basically kick the God outside. We don't want you to rule our church. We will rule our church. We are in the charge, you know. The, the rule of the people. But God in his love, when they kicked him outside, he stood outside.
he did not leave. And he was knocking on the door. That's why he said, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Then he's not inside the church. Mm. He's outside. Who asked him to leave? It's us, the church. Asked God to leave. It's your church, it's your house. But no, leave, we will rule it. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Again, I'm very amazed at the love of God. After the church kicks him, number one, he doesn't leave. Number two, he is willing to enter again and forgets everything and, and bless the church and dine with us and to be one with us. That's why the description, he said, the amen, the faithful, the true witness. You don't like my teaching. You say that my teaching and my revelation are not true. Many people now, they deny the creation. They believe in evolution. So they, they are against everything in the Bible. You know, that's why he said, no, I am the true. I am the faithful. I am the amen. You know, the beginning of the creation of God doesn't mean he is created. Definitely not, he is God, but he is the source. God the Father created the world by the Son. So I am your creator. How you kick me out? You know, I am the one who gives you life. I am the one who establishes this church. How you kick me out outside the church? I am the beginning. I am the, the, your source. I'm your origin. So how, how you kick me out? And when the church kicked God out, it became tasteless, has no identity. Because you look at it, it's not like the world still has the, the similarity of the church, but it's not like a church because God's outside. That's why he told them, you are not cold or hot. You don't have the zeal of a church and even you don't look like the, the world. And this church, because tasteless, has no identity, no image. You don't know what you are going in, inside, you know. That's why it's disgusting, disgusting to everybody, even to God himself. He told them, I will vomit. Mm. I will vomit you out of my mouth. I will vomit. And here the church kicked God. If they don't repent, God will vomit them mm. from his mouth. When the church actually kicks God and believes in that I can rule the church, we can rule the church, uh, because we believe that we have the knowledge, we are rich, mm. we, we don't need God in our life, we don't need anything, I, 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 I know it all. That's our perception of ourselves. But God told them, you don't know, you are rich, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And I can see many churches now who support same-sex marriage, who support abortion, who support the divorce. It says, is this church what the people want? And I will do it for you. You want divorce? Good. We will allow it. Want abortion? That's fine. Want same-sex marriage? Just make a vote. If the majority said yes, we will do it. You know? In, <laughs> there is no democracy here in the church when it comes to theology and doctrine. It is theocracy. It is the ruling of God, not the ruling of the people. And then again, God, even this church did not live without remedy. Mm. He told them, no, 
you have remedy. And he told them, buy from me gold refined in fire. What's gold refined in fire except the word of God? As we read in the book of Psalms, that is the gold refined in fire. He told them, you are poor. You are poor because you are not rich in the word of God. Go see what is the teaching of the scripture about abortion, about same-sex marriage, about transgenderism, about divorce. Go and see what is the, ch the word of God teaching. That is the goal. That's what will make you rich. Not pleasing the people. This is what will make you rich. And then the second thing, white garment that you may be clothed. This church relied on their own righteousness. That's why they were naked. But the white garment is the righteousness of Christ. You know, when we baptize a child, we dress him in white. We tell him, now this is the righteousness of Christ that comes when we believe in him. So he will bestow this righteousness on us. One of the reasons why the incarnation, God came to fulfill all the requirements of the law. Because all of us failed to fulfill the requirement. Then, when I am one with Christ, I'm united with him, in him I will be considered fulfilled all the requirements of the law. So, in him I'm righteous. That's the righteousness of Christ. Just by believing in him, abiding in him, becoming one of him. So in him, I will be as if I fulfilled all the requirements of the law. That's why the Lord said to John, we ought to fulfill all righteousness for our sake. He fasted, he was baptized, he was tempted, he did everything. That in him, we will be righteous. That is the second uh, thing. And, and the third point he told them, anoint your eye with eye salve that you may see. The eye salve here is the enlightenment by the Holy Spirit. Enlightenment through the teaching of the early church fathers. Enlightenment through discipleship. Instead of ruling myself, you know, I need to be a disciple. Disciple to Christ, disciple to early church fathers. This actually will bring the enlightenment. Many people think about the enlightenment when you, you, you think and innovate things and propose something new, then I am enlightened person. No, this is not the enlightenment. That's blindness. The true enlightenment, when I'm enlightened by the Holy Spirit, by the teaching of the early church fathers, this is actually the true enlightenment. And in his gentleness, Lest the church, because the Lord told them, I will vomit you. Lest the church think that Christ does not like this mm. church. Because if I say somebody, I will vomit you. Yeah. Maybe the message is the message, I don't like it's you. A harsh uh, message. Uh, yeah, I, I hate you. Mm. So God told them, no, don't think that I hate you. Verse 19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chase. So I, I am doing this. Because I love you. Like a, a father with his children, at a certain moment, he became tough with them or harsh with them. But then, you know, he, he gave him a hug and tell him, you know what? 
I love you, that's why I rebuke and I chasten. This actually shows the abundance of my love toward you. Therefore, be zealous and repent. And then actually he gives them a very amazing promise. It may be not given to other church. He told them, to him who overcome, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. They kicked him, but he told them, you will sit with me on my throne. It's amazing. God is repaying evil with abundance of love, generosity, mercy, forgiveness. The church that kicked him told them, you will sit in my throne. And to tell you the truth, theologically, until now, I don't understand this verse. What does it mean to sit with him on his throne? What does this mean? It's above and beyond our understanding. Every time I read this verse, I feel I am very, very short of understanding this verse. What does it mean? And then he says, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So even this analogy, you know, as he sat with the father in his throne, we will sit with him in his throne. You know, it's, it's amazing love, amazing grace, amazing uh, mercy, amazing forgiveness. Uh, God showed to this church uh, the lukewarm church. So many times we are, as a person, lukewarm in our spirituality. But this message is a message, again, of hope. And the three steps, gold, the word of God, uh, righteousness, righteousness of Christ. I solve it is a teaching and enlightenment through the Holy Spirit. If anyone is lukewarm, if you follow these three simple uh, you know, advices, his life, again, will be rekindled. He will open the door to Christ to come. And then the reward, we will sit with him in his throne, which is incomprehensible. Nobody can understand what does this mean. So it looks like there is a line with all the seven churches, that God is very loving, he's very caring. He, uh, that to, the solution to most things, or to all things, is the word of God. So maybe this is a nice message too, that if we understand the Bible, pay attention to the Bible. This will solve a lot of things in our lives. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you very much, Sayedna. Thank you, everyone. And uh, this was the end of the seven messages of the seven churches. You will see that in the book of Revelation, there is actually many sevens. We just finished the first seven, the, the, the seven uh, churches. Chapter four will be like a transition to the next seven in the book of Revelation. Uh, and we'll see that what that is next time.